welcome back to Love Babs Love Talk. I'm Babs Rolls Ivy. Woo! I'm delighted because I've got my good friend Anru here. He's gonna get our Orishas lined up. <laughs> good morning, Babs. How are you, friend? <laughs> I'm so good. Um, it's funny. I get just hearing your intro, that music just immediately just starts getting me happy. It's really wonderful. Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> yeah. Just How got to move. Happy New Year. And... Yeah, got to yeah. move. It's cold. It's cold. I see you have a scarf on. It's still cold. It is cold. Yes. It's winter. I like, know it is. It January. is. <laughs> I know. We've been we've been enjoying this Virginia winter for so long that when Connecticut winter shows up, we're all shocked. <laughs> right. <laughs> what is this? What is this? No. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, all right. uh, so we'll do a little honoring and welcoming our ancestors and our relationship with our ancestors. Okay. And um, right, so this chant is a Yoruba chant. Um, so being a Yoruba priest that I am, I like it use it often in my practice <clears throat> and it's a chant to our ancestors saying that we honor them and we thank them for the ashe that they've left for us and ashe is many meanings it means uh, let it be so like may this thing manifest from like a idea to reality it's also like the authority to do something or kind of the qualities and essence of something and like how it is in the world. So we give thanks to our ancestors for that ashe that they've left for us, right? This lineage, these blessings of this lineage that they've left for us. And that ashe that they've left for us, we're using it today. So we thank them for what they're leaving, but also we're claiming and acknowledging our role in, in picking that up and accessing it and continuing to manifest it to ourselves and to others. So that's this chant. And we, Baba is like the male lineage, Ye Ye is the female lineage, and Egun are like all of our ancestors. So you'll hear those in this chant as well. Bye, 
Ashe. Ashe, amen. Ashe, amen, Ashe. Yes, yes, yes. So what is on your heart and mind today? Peace. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That is beautiful. <laughs> so, okay. okay. <laughs> I think it's powerful that, like, such a word elicits such complexity, right? I like, know. Oh, Isn't it crazy? We're just going to go. Oh, <laughs> all right, let's get ready. What? So even just that, right, even if we, so I know, I, so I was raised by revolutionaries and activists. That's who my parents are and who they were and the very active, you know, I was born in 68. And it's, there's an ease in which I can um, look at like systems of things. Oh, systems of oppression, systems of liberation. These are the dynamics race and class and justice things and issues. And um, I also recognize that there's a way that um, just that framework by itself did not necessarily mean peace. Mm. And so what I'm continuing to, to look at, even in the context of still doing right? Liberation work, right? Want us all to be free. There's systems in place that are preventing that, right? So there's changes that need to happen. But I think it's easier to look at like peace um, and kind of jump to the, to the big ends of like, well, we need justice or we need these other things first or like the big systems things. And it's easy to forget this, the actually more complex ways about what it means for us internally and in our most intimate relationships and so can we cultivate that kind of peace right being loving and compassionate to ourselves being uh in i think particularly in the spirit of you know just having mlk day can we be non-violent to ourselves right and then can we enact that and be that and be open to that to the people closest to us? Right? What does that peace mean? It's a, how is it acted, right? This ashe that, that comes down, right? Our ancestors who've been through a lot of not peace, <laughs> right? Um, would certainly wish for us to be at peace. Just like when we come, when we care for young people, we want them to like have a peaceful life. Right. And so our ancestors also want that of us. So can we also pick that up as some of what they're leaving for us? Can we see, um, can we have courage to be that, to enact that, to feel that, to live that, um, even as circumstances around us may not reflect that back to us. Right? Mm. But it's, it's easy to just say, well, they don't reflect it back to me, so why should I do it to them? And, da, 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 and these big things. And we forget even the closest part, like ourselves, and then moving out 
from there. Okay. So this person, because usually we experience um, in our lives most directly kind of systems, these like oppressions, right? This like no or dehumanization through people. And can we hold onto ourselves and the values of what this means inside, even as we interact with these people? We don't necessarily interact in big ways to these big systems in the same way. And many of them are operating kind of, even as we don't see them or interact with them directly. But in our relationship with our partners, our children, our parents, our coworkers, our neighbors, can we hold some peace there? Right. right. Can we start there? And that's not easy. Right. But I think it's that is so counter to how we're raised. Right. In this in this culture. Um, you got to be ready to fight. And so particularly as someone who's like a male, right, I'm I'm trained in this culture to even to protect people I love to be ready to wield violence okay. and so my thinking if there's a conflict is to be ready for that to prepare for that to anticipate that um, instead of oh if i'm trying to cultivate peace if i'm trying to be that in, even in myself if there's a conflict can i hold that as an option oh, what would it mean to address this thing whatever it is from a place of of me being peaceful mm -hmm. doesn't mean being weak or capitulating just to whatever but like being peaceful so that i've been thinking a lot about and feel more into that than you know i think i used to um not that i was trying to be violent but um there was I read something years ago. It was a person talking about nonviolence, and they were they were talking about being in a in a conversation with somebody else. So like, yes, I believe in nonviolence, and uh, and so the person keeps throwing up examples. Well, what if someone's running at you, you know, ready to hit you, right? And he would give a response. Well, what if? And the what ifs kept getting more and more extreme, right? Because the desire was to like win the argument, like. I think nonviolence is ridiculous. And so there's always going to be a point where you're going to be violent. So this person said something and, and the, the person who was saying that they were trying to be nonviolent said, you know, if that happened, I would lunge at the person and like try to hurt them or try to kill them. And the person was like, see, I told you. But they said, but I would hope and pray that my brothers and sisters would hold me back. And when I read that, it really changed how I thought even about nonviolence because we think of it, all these things in terms of like what you as an individual will do or what your capacity is. Well, violence is a part of human nature and all these things. Well, sure. And if we are in community with people who are also helping us, who are not lost in the thing, they can hold us. They can mm. both protect us and the other person from doing See, that. That's the antithesis of gang mentality. <laughs> it's a different gang mentality. It's, like, it's a gang of like love and compassion. 
which, you know, as these words come out of my mouth, I'm like, this sounds so like unreal and like floofy. Like it's the gang of love. We just need to bring all the love. And that's the answer. I mean, I, you know what, Aru, I, I like what you're saying, but I also, I mean, I, I can embrace what you're saying, but I also know if I have to fight, I will. That's it. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't see it as a, uh, if I have to fight, then I'm the, I'm giving up nonviolence. I, I don't, I don't so hold let, that. I think, yeah, I think we can look at and tease apart like a situation and what fighting means. Right. Cause if somebody Cause coming at me, I'm swinging back, but I'm not going to be swinging. Like I don't walk into spaces looking for a fight or looking to be violent, but if violence darkens my door, I, I I, you know, listen. Mm -hmm. no, no, I get it. I get it. And and again, this isn't like I'm not. This isn't like some absolute thing. And right. I also think that like we, if we were to tease apart a scenario, right? So it's rare to walk into a situation someone takes a swing at us. Like that's a that's a strange thing to happen. And like, you know, not every place is safe, right? So what am I walking into, right? So we'll say that that situation is not is not what we're talking about. And so if there's a situation, what is that escalation that goes from nothing happening to someone taking a swing at me, right? And so what, what are the step-by-step -step processes of how we're interacting that's leading to that, right? And not that you have to take, it's not about taking care of everybody else. Oh, I got to make sure I'm taking care of this other person who just doesn't see me as a human being. But there's also looking at the situation of like, well, what what part am I playing that I'm also on this track where like, you know, if if I'm ready to fight, I immediately don't see any other option. And so it's not that it doesn't happen, but I think that there's a place of really looking at um, what am I already going in wielding in a situation and is are there other ways to go into situations and interact with people? And yeah. be with people and also again not being this piece around like being with others right having support with other people um, who can also help to mitigate a situation so that it doesn't erupt in that um I, you make me think about the there used to be a show on uh, when i was a kid with um david carradine mm -hmm. i don't know if you remember david carradine but he was an asian or half asian Kung Fu. You're talking about Kung, Kung Fu. Fu. And uh I'm with you. <laughs> and and he and you know, he would find himself in a situation that he'd have to remember what his son say taught him growing up. And he remember, and it was a blind guy who was teaching him how to defend himself. Right. But right. you know, the basis of it was always don't start nothing, won't be nothing. Right. You know, like walk the world peacefully, but be ready. But yes. not be ready like you all you're not at ease so you just made me think about that because that show was way ahead of its time yeah <laughs> yeah yeah there's some there's some interesting backstories with that so that show was initially so david carrion as an actor is white and that show was initially developed and created by bruce lee yeah i thought david carradine was mixed he was biracial he was asian and white the character is I don't think he is, but th this point is that it was actually Bruce Lee's idea and they refused yeah. to cast him in that role because he looked too Asian. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. So they're like, oh, we'll change this up a little bit. And we'll have this, you know, white presenting person or white perceived person. <laughs> um, this other thing, um, you know, because for a while I was looking at um, martial arts and, you know, this piece around like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to go and start a thing, but, you know, how can I be safe? And I was, um, um, Aikido is this form that is really about the energy of the attacker coming at you and you transforming it and moving it away from you so you're safe. But also it's not not simply about then hurting the attacker, <clears throat> right? It's disabling them, mm -hmm. mobilizing, preventing them from hurting you, but it's also caring for them. That's the kind of overarching philosophy of it. And I remember reading an article in a magazine and it was this guy was talking about like he was a like nth whatever degree, you know, black belt in Aikido and he was on this subway car and there was a, a pretty large man who was on who was very drunk, who was like bothering people and it kept kind of escalating and escalating and you could see he was about to like get into a fight with kind of anybody and this guy who was like this, you know, Black Belt and Aikido was like, okay, I'm ready. Like, this is like what it's all come to, how I'm gonna like to protect the people here from this guy, but I'm also gonna like not do the things so he's hurt of like, um, and so he kind of like, you know, it's like fortifying himself to get ready. So this is the next, he kind of acts in some way he's gonna respond. And just in that moment, he said this very small, like, uh, Asian man, he didn't know his, his ethnicity, kind of like got up and walked over to the man and like sat down next to him and started talking. He was like, oh, and starts talking to him and commiserating about like, oh, life is hard and what's going on and you're drunk and, da, da. and like the guy just starts at first is like taken aback, but then starts talking to him. And then within like a minute, the drunk guys are like leaning on this smaller man crying and um, <laughs> totally transformed the situation uh -huh. and this guy was like i was so ready to use these like fighting skills that i couldn't see anything else wow here this, here this other thing happened that completely transformed the situation humanized the person right this person who was drunk and being violent and aggressive and other people were safe, right? And that's one story. Another story was in my experience, also on a train. <laughs> and I was with Tegan, my wife, and these two people, these two women were like across the aisle from each other going like, who do you think you are? And it was like escalating, right? Don't look at me, right? So they're on the train, they were kind of facing each other in their seats. And it was just this tension was escalating and we were sitting there, i was like oh this is bad this is like <laughs> not gonna go well and i was like i'm not like intervening like i'm not gonna say a thing i was like i don't i'm like how long are we on this train for and it was what was powerful is taking was like let's get up and stand between them and i was like what <laughs> <laughs> She was like, listen, we're just going to block, we're just going to block the view. I was like, okay. And we got up this is in the middle of a stop, right? There's no reason to get up. <clears throat> we just got up and held the pole and stood between them and blocked 
their line of sight from each other. And within like 15 seconds, they stop talking to each other. And like, it ended. And like, a stop or two later, like one of them got off. And like, that was the end of it. And these what these things teach me is that, you know, I am, my thinking can be so far from considering really any other option besides some that it's going to be some kind of physicality, like some physical intervention is needed, not like physical get between people, but like physical, like, oh, going to have to put hands on somebody or protect a person or whatever. And, and that there are ways to resolve conflicts that could be very violent in ways that like address honor people, give people space to not keep amping up their story and their ego, right? And the threat mm -hmm. for something else to happen. And I think that that's this piece around peace that we are so far from that I think is really valuable to like, like, what is this in me that I'm like arguing and fighting in the story? And what is between even the people who are closest to me, not even getting into like, like you're saying the person who's gonna just like, I'm gonna fight, I don't know them and they're ready to throw a fist at me. Like, even before we get to that point or before we get to like <laughs> national and international issues of violence and war and horrors and things like that, even before there, can we at least get to like ourselves and our lives to even develop a notion of, of that there may be a different way that mm. we can live, which has, you know, exponential benefit of our health and well-being and love and care and wellness. Mm. Man, I wish there was a, a way that we could just have peace classes. <laughs> right, right. That's right. Because I don't think people consider classes. that. <laughs> I mean, we have other classes, but I don't think people, I mean, I think we used to call them conflict resolution, but before conflict resolution, I think people have to show up to things already peaceful with themselves. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't think people are peaceful. When I when I see people's interactions right. uh, out there in the streets, when I see people um, and they're so angry, and I'm like, I'm always yeah. thinking, what the hell is driving that level of anger? Like, why are people so angry, right? Like, what is happening? Because sometimes the anger doesn't match the situation. I'm like, right. Right. this seems a little over the top for somebody, you know, accidentally bumping into you or <laughs> cutting you well, in a line or, yeah. you know. Like, why, what, what is, what is, why is this so amped up so high? And I think I think people have a lot of unresolved anger that's deep, that's layered, that wasn't dealt with. And so it just it just comes across the ages with them. You know what I mean? Like I completely agree with you. And I would say that it's not just unresolved anger, because anger is like anger is actually an acceptable expression of something in our culture. Like, right, you're seeing, like, I'm seeing people on the street, they're like, oh, angry, and it's all amped up, right? So it's actually acceptable to, like, express and demonstrate that anger. It's not so acceptable to express and demonstrate heartbreak, confusion, right? 
um, sadness, grief, fear, mm. right? You don't see people just in the streets in the same way being like, oh, I'm just really heartbroken, right? People start <laughs> like, when they see it, they're like, uh, I don't know what to do. Uh, like the pat someone, just avoid them, right? But anger, people know what to do, right? Move towards, move away, like something. And I think that so because of that, so much of those feelings quickly turn into anger. Oh, you made me, right? You disrespected me, or disrespect is right. That's a different thing than the anger, right? But boom, people get angry about it. You broke my heart, right? You left, loss, fear. How dare you? The anger shows up, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's this piece of can we, so we can't cultivate peace if internally there's all this distraughtness, right? Or despair or hopelessness or fear or confusion, right? And so can we give ourselves that? Can we create circumstances to nourish those parts of ourselves so that when the like, you know, the bump happens on the street, it's not such a challenge to our very nature. Right. Got a little bit more capacity. Cause like, oh, that's, I didn't feel good. Like, oh, you doing it on purpose? Like what's there? But I'm not like, oh, what? How dare you? You challenge and now I gotta explode and rain down all the terror and anger on you, right? Cause there's been no other place for it. And that happens Right. Yes, it can happen kind of out there in the world, but that also happens inside, right? Self hatred, ways that we don't take care of ourselves, critical of ourselves, our bodies, our emotions. Those those closest to us, right? We don't have capacity, so someone does a little thing, and they're tired and they're annoyed. It's like why is it the yelling, right? Uh, the intimate partner abuse, right? Hitting that happens to children, right? All kind of in the in the name of without any kind of reflection on wow i'm i'm being violent towards these people closest to me is that how i think things should be right and i think that that's the that's this even as we look at this this opening chant around like this ashe that they've left for us this possibility they've left for us how you know there's love there's care can we pick that up? It's so easy to pick up the the passed down heartbreak, rage, despair, trauma. Right? But those need our attention and courage to undo in ourselves. And and then then with others it becomes easier. Right? Oh, I can trust this person to be with me. If I've like if I'm triggered and I kind of lose my mind. Here's someone who's gonna be like, hey, uh, you're about to do this thing, which I know you really don't wanna do because you're feeling a certain way. Let's help deal with that. And then you kind of come back to yourself, oh yeah, I didn't really wanna do that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. That's where that like, right? I, and we, as human beings, we all have limits, but we're actually not alone in this world. So can we help each other when we're past our limit to be held and like, it's okay, I got you. It's okay, we'll just wait this out. 
And then it's like, oh, right, I was about to, you know, I don't even know what, lose it on someone else or even like on myself, right? These are like the kind of accountability buddies, even in terms of like our health, right? Oh, I'm trying to change how I'm eating, being healthy. Um, it's such a habit to like when I'm stressed, right? Stress eating. Oh, and you got someone who's like, oh, you're stressed. Let's deal with the stress so it doesn't turn into eating. Because you don't want the eating part, but actually the stress is also there. So let's no, just hold on. What are you doing to help with that stress? Right. That's a different, that can lead to something different. Mm -hmm. we, we as like people in this culture and um, as a people who've also experienced so much violence from a culture, we don't have a lot of experience in that. We don't have a lot of practice in that. And I think that that's part of the um, you know, not as like a, as a strategy, like there's this piece around like nonviolence and around peace. That's actually about that, right? It's about like how we live, not just like, is this a strategy for social change, right? Challenging systems of oppression, but like, can we explore that for our lives, like for ourselves? for our loved ones, for our family, for our friends, from our extended communities, extended families. Can that impact and be impacted? And then we then address these systems in a very different way. Right? In, a, in a way that's like, I can actually be creative in my thinking. Because if we're triggered, like if our anger is triggered, we're not creative in our thinking. We got yeah. a whole lot of anger energy, but we are not creative at all. <laughs> we're just like, what's the thing that can just get ejected at the thing that's a threat. <laughs> that's kind of it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You that's know, a good message. Thing. That feels like an MLK message. That seems like, that feels like the right sort of MLK message, you know, after coming off of the MLK celebration yeah. or remembrance or whatever it is people do. It feels like the right, it feels like the right sort of message, you know, in this moment. I think so. I mean, I think it. I think it's it is amplified, right? Because of because of this time, this you know day of celebration, which you know, people we can get into a conversation about what's being celebrated and how so much of the even this notion of like nonviolence, there's still a radical piece around like, oh, that means really undoing systems of oppression, right? Undoing poverty, poverty is systems that we have that create poverty. That's violence. Yeah. Right? Oh, so that means, what would it mean to undo that and to deal with people differently? Um, kind of machinations of war. Um, who gets hired, who doesn't? What gets said, what doesn't? What gets on the news? Who's running for office, who's not? Right? These things perpetuate and echo and foster violence. So how do we, what would it really mean to be in the world differently and create different nourishing institutions, policies, practices, ways of being. Hmm. I say, well, let's try it bit by bit. This was a good conversation on peace. <laughs> not so, I'm not so, uh, uh, you were ready <laughs> for the, uh-oh, <laughs> where's it going? <laughs> 
like, oh no, not peace. <laughs> it's not, it's not really, it's not really a heavy load. It's not easy, but it's not really a heavy load. Right. No, that was a good, that was a good walk into it, which I like very much. Thank uh, you. And a good meditation and, and something to take into discernment. I, I like that. So, yeah. so yeah, just the right message for just this right moment. Thank you, Babs. Thank you. Ashe. Amen. Ashe. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. May I we all like have a little bit more peace in our, in our, in starting here in our hearts, right. Towards ourselves in our lives, towards those closest to us and, Let's see what we can bring, bring it into the work. See how it impacts other things. Right? I love Let's it. I'll do something. Thank you so much. I'll see you uh, late February because I'll be away for a good while. <laughs> yes. That sounds so good. I'm so happy I for know. you. I know. Me too. <laughs> Thank you very much. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. Say hi I to will. everybody at your house. <laughs> I will. Stay well. All right. Thank you, Anru. All right, Happy Droves, we back tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday, uh, the weekend. And uh, I believe I have a guest. Uh, I have uh, Nancy Allisberg, who's going to talk about assisted, su assist assisted suicide. Um, and so that should be a Friday conversation. So uh, I'll see you all tomorrow. Have a good one. Yeah.